Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Backheeled Show. My name is Joe Lowry, and on today's show, we are diving into some thoughts from around the world of Major League Soccer. We're going to talk about hirings and firings. We're going to talk about some potential transfers, and we're going to get into a bunch more from around Major League Soccer. We'll do it all in less than 10 minutes, because here at The Backheeled Show, that's just what we do. So without any further ado, let's get to it and talk MLS. All right, folks, let's chat about some Major League Soccer stuff. This episode is inspired by the 10 MLS Thoughts column that we've got cooking at Backheeled.com right now. This is the second week of us rolling out this column, and we will continue it on a week-by-week basis going forward. So keep your eyes peeled for that on Backheeled.com. Go check that out and subscribe. Lots of good stuff over there. So we're going to run through some of my MLS thoughts from this past week. Let's start, as I do in the piece, with Hernan Losada being fired by CF Montreal. This happened a bit ago, just after we published the first edition of 10 MLS Thoughts. CF Montreal went ahead and pulled the trigger. They fired manager Hernan Losada after his first season with the club. It's fine for Montreal. I don't think it's a terrible decision. I don't think it's a great decision on its face. Hernan Losada didn't really turn this Montreal team into more than the sum of their parts. Although, to be fair to him, there was a lot of transition with key players moving. Alistair Johnston, Ismail Kone, Georgi Mihalovic. You can run through the list of key players that Montreal lost recently. He had to come in and try to find a way to keep that group together when it's not a particularly inspiring roster. But that being said, finishing 10th in the East is not a super inspiring finish. The bigger reason I bring this up, though, for Montreal is not because they're this crazy, ambitious club that's going to go out there necessarily and get someone that's an obvious upgrade on Hernan Lozada. The reason I bring it up is because Montreal have been historically quick to pull the trigger. They have gone through manager after manager since arriving in Major League Soccer just about a decade ago. So Lozada is obviously at the center of all this, but this move and the reason it's relevant is less about him or even the 2023 season for CF Montreal And it's more about a club that keeps falling into the same trap. This is the question I'd ask to Montreal. When do you stop taking the easy way out by just firing a coach and pretending that you're making real change and actually start making systemic, organization-wide changes inside of what has become one of the most chaotic clubs in all of Major League Soccer? The answer to that question, Montreal have given it to us, is later. That is absolutely what they've said by making this move. They do not care about going out there and making big grand changes to the club that clearly needs them and has not been very relevant, at least at a consistent basis, throughout their entire existence in Major League Soccer. This is not just a Montreal problem. This is a Chicago Fire problem. This is a a problem that pops up in clubs all across the league. They take the easy way out by firing the coach, and yet the people that ultimately make the decisions about the roster, about the spend, about the allocation of resources, those people are still in place. And that is true for Montreal until larger, bigger picture changes happen with Montreal, and the same goes for other clubs as well. Nothing is really going to change in any consistent way. And for CF Montreal fans, that is a major bummer. Now, let's go to another item that's in that 10 thoughts list that's over on backyield.com. The Chicago Fire. They did what? Fire fans, you want to plug your ears for this part? On Tuesday of this week, the Fire announced their decision to sign sporting director Georg Heitz to a contract extension. Joe Suedo sat down and did a a little stand-up about it for Chicago Fire social media channels and for their website. And I respect Mansueto, who owns the Chicago Fire. He's their chairman. I respect him for doing it. I do not at all agree with the reasoning for bringing back Georg Heitz and Sebastian Peltzer, who's their technical director as well. These are the big front office decision makers for the fire. 
2024 will be their fifth season in Chicago for both of these folks. So it's been four seasons under their leadership. Just for fun, let's look at how they've done over the last four seasons. 2020, weird year, hard year. I'm perfectly willing to toss this out. They finished 11th in the East, just for reference. 2021, they finished 12th in the Eastern Conference. 2022, they finished 12th in the Eastern Conference. 2023, they finished 13th in the Eastern Conference. The fire have been a dumpster fire under Georg Heights. You can make a legit argument that they whiffed on all but maybe one of their DP signings in the form of Robert Barich since he took over in December of 2019 ahead of the 2020 season. They have no observable tactical identity. Chicago, they really struggle to identify and integrate foreign talent into the first team. Now, they've done some good things in regards to homegrowns. They've, they went out and find Yon Duran, and they sold him for big money over to the Premier League. Those are feathers in Garrick Heights' cap, and I want to give credit for that here on this show right now. They've done some good things. Gago Salina made them a bunch of money. Chris Brady and Brian Gutierrez will probably get sold. Certainly Brady will for several million dollars when that time comes. He's their starting goalkeeper currently. Also a feature about Chris Brady. I sat down and interviewed him not too long ago. That's over on the website right now as well. Just, just a plug once more on this episode. But bringing back Georg Heights is not a requirement. It's not the only thing that can help you push the youth project forward. There are other people in the soccer space that can help you continue to be involved at the youth level. Go out and identify talent, develop it inside of your own club, use MLS Next Pro well, and then sell it on. If that's what Chicago want to do, that's great. You don't just have to do that, though. You can do that and go out there and do other stuff, too. You can go out there and find DPs that are good, high-quality players that can help your young players look even better and make even more money. It's baffling. The Fire have been at or near the bottom of the Eastern Conference for years now, and the people that have played a big part in putting them there have just been re-upped. I, I, I cannot understand this from Joe Mansueto. I don't understand the reasoning that he goes through. It's not coherent to me when you go through and watch the six-minute video that's up on the Chicago Fire's social media channels. I'm not sure Fire fans are going to feel any better after watching that clip. Somebody please make it make sense. I just don't get it. While we're talking about big picture stuff at several different clubs across Major League Soccer, let's do the Red Bulls. Earlier this week, the club announced their decision to move on from manager Troy Lesane and sporting director Dennis Hamlet. Lesane took over for Gerhard Struber mid-season after Struber was let go. Hamlet now is out as well. He wasn't the top dog in the front office anyway. The Red Bulls are starting to do some stuff. They've been linked now to a former Bundesliga head coach. The jury's out on whether or not that will be something that helps take this club to the next level. But Schneider, who was named head of sport for the New York Red Bulls back in June of last year, is clearly making some moves. He's clearly doing things with this club. Time will tell if this is the stuff that takes the Red Bulls to the next level. And they didn't think Lesane was the manager to do that. They didn't think Hamlet was bringing enough value in the front office for it to make sense for him to continue on. They're changing things inside of this club, and changes are needed, to be very clear. The Red Bulls underperformed a lot of their underlying numbers this year, and I'd put real money on them finishing higher in the Eastern Conference next season than they did this season, even while keeping the exact same squad on the field together for next year. I put money on them doing better. That being said, they've gone through the last several seasons now with very, very uninspiring squads. They marched through 2023 in particular with two massively underperforming designated players, and Dante Venzier, who was suspended and then didn't do much for this club, and Luquinhas, who has never been good for the Red Bulls. This was his second season with the club. They don't have the elite top-end talent that a lot of other clubs who are competing for legitimate trophies inside of Major League Soccer do. Now, the thing with the Red Bulls is their style, their aggressive, press-heavy style, is supposed to compensate for that. And it can. I truly believe that it can. We've seen it happen before where the Red Bulls are really at their peak, sort of in the mid to late 2010s. But those teams had game changers as well. They had Sacha Klesch and they had Bradley Wright Phillips. They had Tyler Adams for a span. 
this Red Bull team doesn't have that top-end talent. And they're looking for it, according to reports. Emil Forsberg, RB Leipzig, number 10, sort of half-space guy, is in talks to join the New York Red Bulls. Fabrizio Romano had reported that. It seems like that's going to happen. At 32, he's not going to be the solution to the Red Bulls roster issues, but he can be part of the answer for them. There's still a lot of work for the Red Bulls to do in the offseason, and and maybe all these changes in the front office are just for show as well, right? I didn't give Montreal the benefit of the doubt because they haven't earned it. I'm not really giving the Red Bulls the benefit of the doubt either, but because we are seeing larger big-picture changes with a relatively new decision-maker coming into the front office back in 2022, and now some real change, it sounds like, coming on the roster side, where investment into the squad has been promised, it seems like now is a decent time to view the Red Bulls as a team with an upward trajectory inside of Major League Soccer, but still a lot of work for them to do in the offseason, finalizing a coach, finishing out upgrading the squad, all of those things are still on the list. The Red Bulls are going to be busy. Folks, that is it for this episode of the Backheeled Show. If you want more Major League Soccer coverage, go check out Backheeled.com or scroll up and down here in the Backheeled Show feed. For now, we'll talk to you again real soon. 